You're listening to the first episode of Voces, the Jolt podcast. Voces features the stories of the people who make Jolt happen, who fight every day for the power of Latinos in Texas. On this episode, we'll hear from Jolt's founder and director, Christina Sinsun, on how Jolt came to be. I think there's two kinds of power that make change. There's the power of institution and there's the power of inspiration. Power of institution is tactical. Um, It's how you phone bank or mobilize and get people to do things. And then there's the power of inspiration that can move and mobilize people and no one can really control it or know where it's going. We will resist through standing in unity and showing that we are not going to back down. I don't know where Jolt is going. I can't tell you. I know that we're building a framework that's going to tap into those two powers. And that once you tap into that, you're almost unstoppable. My name is Christina Sinsun, and I'm the founder and director of Jolt. For the last decade, I co-founded and helped lead an organization that was building voice and power for immigrant workers here in Texas. I was able to, at that organization, to help amplify and lift up the voice of our members, people that were undocumented, that couldn't vote, that couldn't speak English, that were thought of as having like everything um, against them. And they proved that they were able to be powerful, to change policy, and even mobilize other voters, even if they couldn't vote. But I also really saw that the Latino community had so much more potential power than we were able to exercise. I knew that when I looked around, I did not feel like there was an organization that represented me as a millennial Latina that was a progressive, believed in um, our democracy, um, believed in political transformation, but also believed that our current status quo didn't really respond to my needs um, and let me be the full person that I am. And I knew I felt that way, but I didn't know so many other Latinos felt that way. And so I left my previous job because I really wanted to figure out how we actually got to a place where we were really respected as a community. The original plan was that I was going to go on maternity leave, uh, Hillary was going to win, and the world wouldn't be such a terrible and frightening place. And then Trump won. And I knew immediately that Texas was going to become ground zero for the most anti-immigrant, anti-Latino legislation and enforcement strategies of this administration. And it was clear that we couldn't wait to start JOLT. And so launched right after the election and literally took uh, a week off after the election. And my son was born and then he came to work with me. The week he was born is when there was a lot of there started to be a lot of immigration raids around town and it was, I couldn't sit at home in my little bubble and be just happy with my son knowing when there were other families that literally children were being ripped from their parents at that same moment. And so Santi and I went to our first march the week after he was born. Um, He went to his first rally at Day Without Immigrants. Thinking about being in my life of giving birth to a human being and then giving birth to an organization around the same time that 
there's a lot of similarities of growing something new um, that takes a lot of energy um, and a lot of strategic focus. Even though Jolt has already made like national headlines and really gotten the word out about how we're organizing and the vision we have for building power and transforming Texas for the Latino community, I constantly feel like we're not doing enough still. And so my husband constantly has to remind me, Jolt is as old as our son. Our son can't even crawl yet. So Jolt will have to go through those phases as well. Luckily, we have an incredible team of people that stepped up almost immediately that were really hungry after this election, looking for a home and a community that have helped build Jolt really quickly. SB4 completely changed our trajectory. Um, Originally, we had planned to launch with a campaign around educational issues, um, but Trump and the politics of Trump uh, decided that we would focus on racial justice and immigration. Um, But this is our starting place, um, and it's not our ending place, and we're going to fight as long and hard as we need to. I think that we're going to tackle some of the major issues that our state hasn't tackled, Um, and especially from a lens of racial justice. We need to tackle climate change. We have to tackle uh, student debt in this state. As Latinos, we face real challenges. You know, we're um, in Texas almost dead last in voter turnout. Um, Latinos have the lowest voter turnout of any ethnic group. And so you could see those as all as insurmountable challenges. I see them as opportunities when you're at rock bottom you can only go up so that's where we're headed for us to be able to transform people's civic engagement patterns and I don't mean just civic engagement in the boring way of voting but like um, being able to engage and drive politics um, and drive the outcomes that that requires changing people's culture and that's a longer term project it's not just about like knocking um, on some doors and getting people to turn out and vote it's about getting people to believe that the world can be a different place. I think that you can't transform Texas politics without the Latino community, and you can't do that by just looking at our community like data points on a chart, um, which is how Latinos have been looked at. People look at um, demographics as destiny, and I don't think that demographics alone are destiny, that you have to give people something real to fight for. I stand for all undocumented people, for all Latinos, and for all people of color. I stand for my parents who immigrated here and will not let hateful policy tell them that they don't belong. Joel is creating, to me, a leadership pipeline of young activists and young Latinos that are going to be the future of Texas. And I think that that's why these legislators are so scared of us. What our members did, the, 15, the 15 Quince girls, people like Maggie and Beattie, when they stand on the steps of the Capitol, they scare these legislators because they represent the future and the hate and bigotry that these legislators represent the past. And they know that. And now we need, just need our community to know that too. For me, it isn't about just one legislator. It's about what social movements we build and what cohort of legislators we build so that they're enacting an agenda together, but they're also being moved and pushed by organizations that represent people on the ground. You know, understandably, there, is a, there are a lot of people disillusioned with both parties, 
but that's why I think what Jolt is tapping into is important because there are young Latinos that are hungry for change and they just want to be part of something with their community and then they just they're ready to like march and go wherever we need to go. And and the people that we're tapping into at Jolt, these aren't political activists. These are like everyday young people that haven't felt ownership or what power feels like. And as soon as they feel it at Jolt, like if you've been a pretty disillusioned or disempowered person and you've gone to a high school where you see some of your fellow students wearing Trump t-shirts or you turn on the TV and people tell you to go home and that you don't belong here and then you come to a little organization like Jolt where you look around and everybody looks like you and you look around and you see people saying you're powerful, you're beautiful just the way you are. Those young people just got a taste of power and they're never giving it up after this. I think about comments that individual members have come up and made to me about how much Joel has meant to them. And it's sometimes shocking to me because we're so young um, to to know that we're already helping people really transform their perspectives about themselves and their own role in the world. I think about one of the quinceañera girl's moms who called me this last week um, and was just like sobbing on the phone about how much um, I didn't realize that Jolt meant to her daughter, that she felt so proud of her daughter and who our community was and that um, they had never felt um, so much love and pride in who they were. And then I also think about people, other of our members who are mixed race like me, who said that they never felt like they could fully own being Latino until they came to Jolt. And now they felt accepted and empowered to go out and fight for the broader Latino community. Um, I think about the fifth generation Texans that have said, like, have stood up and said that they never felt that they were like Latino enough. And then the dreamers in the group turn them to them and say, thank you so much for saying that you want to stand with me and be part of my community. I never knew that. And now I don't feel alone. You know, there's the tangible things of like, yeah, we've mobilized thousands of people. We've gotten our message to reach tens of millions of people. And it's become a social media campaign and an active hashtag, Quince Contra SB4. That's been shared all over Twitter. But there's the intangible of giving young brown folks a sense of their real power and making them feel pride and love in their community. And I know that once they have that, no one's going to take it away from them. We are brown and beautiful. We are brown and beautiful. You know, I'm a pretty light-skinned Latina. I'm, I'm half white and I'm half brown. My mom is dark-skinned. And I just remember on my white side of my family, a lot of times people trying to say that my mother wasn't as pretty because of the color of her skin. And I think it's, uh, it's a common issue in the Latino community for us to feel like there's a saying in Spanish, oh, nació bien, muero el bebé, right? The, the baby was born is really light-skinned, and that's a compliment. And so we have a lot of internalized racism in our own community that we need to disavow. Um, and 
Brown is beautiful to me is a statement not just to the legislators in power that we refuse to feel inferior for who we are and the color of our skin. But to me, Brown is Beautiful is also a statement to our own community that when we fully honor our own beauty um, and who we are, we'll be able to then own our own power and transform our state. Cambialo superficial, cambialo profundo, cambialo My son is uh, six months old on next Monday. You know, there's a lot of times where I work so late that I come back and he's already asleep. Um, and I hope, for me, all of those sacrifices are worth it. You know, in the first four years of his life, he will grow up under a Trump administration that has called his father a rapist and a criminal, um, that has demonized our entire family. And I want him to just have a sense of ownership of who he is and figure out whichever way he sees fit to be part of the world in a way that honors his ancestors and the sacrifices of his family and community. Um, that's what I want for him. So much of the time we're told to run away from our culture, to hide who we are so that we can be accepted. And at Jolt we say just the opposite. We say every way we show up with our culture as Latinos, as kids of immigrants or fifth generation Texans, that we are just as much a part of this state and country as anyone else. That was episode one of Voces. Thank you to the amazing musician and Jolt member Gina Chavez for letting us use her music. All the music that you heard came from her album, Uprooted. If this episode inspired you, then get involved with Jolt. We need your help to build this movement. Go to jolttx.org for more information.